You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. Christian Babcock here of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. Today in episode 74, I'm joined by Jake Gaylord. He's a guy you've heard on the podcast before, and you've seen him hunting on the YouTube channel quite a bit. Today we talk about our 2022 fall hunting plans, ranging from Kansas for whitetail to Oklahoma for whitetail, and then ultimately to pronghorn out in the panhandle of Oklahoma with our bows. I know it's really early to be already planning for 2022 hunts, but it's just what we like to do, especially right after deer season. I hope you guys can relate to this episode and let's get into it. Okay. Hunter's Spanish podcast, episode number 74, joined by Jay Gaylord. What's going on? How you doing, Christian? Doing good. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, talk. Uh, we've been talking about it. Deer season's officially over. This is when a lot of, you know, the next year planning starts for us. And it's actually a pretty exciting time because you get to lay out all the hunts that you want to do. And we've been talking about it over the last couple of days. Some of the hunts we want to do for 2022 and some of our plans. And since you guys watch all our videos and listen to our podcasts, I figured it'd be fun to kind of talk about what we're planning on doing this year as far as content goes. So it's February one. We're already planning in your mind, Jake, what give the viewer our first hunt of 2022, what we're thinking of the pronghorn in Oklahoma. Uh, so the pronghorn, that's going to be in October, isn't it? Yeah, that will be in October. Oh, actually Kansas might be our our, first hunt then. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Talk a little Uh, bit about that. So right now, uh, we're in the process of trying to get permission to a piece of private, uh, some, I mean, basically some family friends that live up there. Uh, it's supposed to be prime, prime time when it comes to Kansas hunting. So, uh, we're pretty confident we can get on it, but it's just whether or not that there's already people hunting that spot or not. So, uh, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to get on that piece of private and go up there maybe a weekend or two, hang cameras and do a little bit of work, tree trimming, uh, for the shooting lanes and whatnot. And, uh, hopefully that works out, but if not, we're going to probably pick a different, a different region of, or I guess unit in Kansas and, uh, that's a public up there. Yeah. So we were talking yesterday about some of the draw statistics and that's, what's kind of a little different about Kansas is that it's broken into units, right? Like, you come into Oklahoma, you buy an over-the-counter tag, you can hunt anywhere in the state. That's yeah. not how it works in Kansas, which is – so we were talking – before Jake got a phone call, we were talking about units and kind of does it help the non-resident. And I, I was saying that I think the way that it helps the non-resident is dispersing pressure. Obviously, anyone that's a Kansas resident can hunt wherever they want in the state. Mm-hmm. But from a non-resident perspective, it's nice to know there's a cap of how many non-residents are going to be in there because yeah. – 
like we where we hunt in southeast oklahoma you see a ton of non-residents there's nothing keeping ten thousand more coming to that one piece of public right they all have an oklahoma tag so they can hunt wherever they want in the state so i guess it's not a big as big of a deal on private if you're a non-resident but i think from a public perspective it makes sense that they kind of divvy it up into units to kind of manage how many deer are taken i think it's probably a quota thing like how many deer yeah. they want taken out of each unit because the unit that we were looking at in kansas unit 12 had the most deer quota right but it's all, all mm. also the highest least the highest sought after so there was obviously a lot of deer in that unit if their quota is that high so i, I yeah. think it's a i think it's a good thing um at least you know there won't be a rampant amount of non-resident pressure that's true so if you draw in you know there's something to be excited about right like and the same thing's true about iowa like i think that's why everybody gets so excited about those premier units in iowa it's like okay me and 10 other people are going to be in here as a non-resident not me and yeah. 1400 other people so that's exciting for me at least i mean if we have to go the public route something we were talking about is i think the the percentage, the draw percentage on Kansas where we were wanting to go on that private was 71%, which is like a mid to low tier draw percentage. I think there's some that are over 80. So we might end up doing that depending on if we can get the private or not. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather take a chance and, and do one of the units that for sure has deer and possibly not get in, then draw out and basically waste our money. Well, and another thing we were talking about too is, we have to really narrow down and define exactly how many people we're going to have come with us. Mm -hmm. Because if we put in as a group, which you can do in Kansas, which is awesome. So the whole group can draw out or the whole group cannot draw out. Um, the more people you have, obviously the lower odds you're going to have to draw out as a group because each person has to draw individually in the group. So that's another consideration for, for us. So we really got to nail that down. Yeah. I'm really, I, I mean, I think it's just going to be me, you, Carol, and my dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's be. good. Yeah. But I'm almost kind of nervous that if we don't get the lease or or the permission, then uh, I'm kind of nervous about, like, like vehicle damage down there because from what, you know, Tyler and Casey said or what what happened to them and then uh, didn't the, uh, the Whitetail Mission crew, didn't they have some run-ins? I don't think they have any vehicle damage, but Justin told me about people stealing his tree stands on public, mm. and that was a real issue. The white Connor and Trey, the Whitetail Mission guys, said that they didn't have a ton of issues with people being tools, but I feel like when you're a non-resident, you always run into that issue. Like People just don't yeah. like seeing out-of-state tags. I, I, I live in Texas now, and when I hunt in Oklahoma and I see a Texas tag, I'm like, get out of here. You know, I'm yeah. like, like that's how I feel, and I live. Yeah. I mean, I have a lifetime, but you got a freaking Texas plate, and I see your truck, and I'm like, this mother effer. Yeah, you just don't like it. I mean, and I so yeah. I get it, but like Tyler and KC were talking about, like people like flattening their tires and crap like that. We don't got to worry about that. That would piss me off, dude. That's that's one thing. Yeah. So, Kansas Whitetails on the docket. I guess mm -hmm. the season starts September 15th, so that could be our first time. Yeah, but I think we we also talked about not uh, not going up there till the times right. Yeah, but that that big push to maybe a possibility at a uh, velvet whitetail that would be really neat. That's always always nice. So maybe we could get one of those mid September 
cold fronts and shoot a velvet whitetail. That'd be you the dream. Know. You, you never know. know. So that's number one was our Kansas hunt. Or, yeah, our Kansas trip. Depends if we draw mm. out. Depends if we get private versus public. There's a lot of contingencies on that. But I'm still hopeful about that trip mm. regardless. And then the second one that we're planning on is a return to the deadly panhandle for, for an antelope. Mm-hmm. You excited Don't about that one? City. Dude, that's, that's the one that's that gets the you one. the most hype. That's the one I'm most excited about. Uh, besides going back to the public where, I mean, we had the last two years, like that's, that's right up there with it because uh, I don't know. There's something about antelope dude that the first time we ever went, like, of course we weren't successful, but we had like two really great encounters. Like your buck that uh, Christian stalked the buck and like seven doe and got within like 75 yards. And then we had that running with the heart buck where he came in from like 350 yards all the way down to like 150 and just seeing something different. I mean, it's different landscape. It was like the first real spot and stuff we've, we've actually did. And we weren't even, we weren't even equipped with the right stuff, dude. And we still almost, I want to say we almost got it done, but being 75 yards from what would that be like 14 set of eyes? Yeah, when you only have a 50-yard pin. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just – part of it's like a little bit redemption, and part of it's just like, man, I really want a buck on my wall. So I think redemption is what excites me most about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Before we go there, I was talking with Pat this weekend on the podcast, and we were talking about the panhandle of Texas and the panhandle of Oklahoma and how you can see forever. And I was telling him how freaked out you got in Boise City when we could see for like, because you can see for like dozens of miles. Dude, there's nothing out there. It just like it's like oh yeah, there's there's a yucca bush, there's a yucca bush, and like that's it, that's it. There, there's no there's no like like hills really or anything like that. It's just nothing but flat. And just like this looks like something off the hills have eyes. You know what I mean? Like some sort of I don't know. Yeah, I think it's kind of freaky, like being able to see forever and seeing nothing else you're like okay mm. so there's a dairy queen and a oh, loves truck stop get here me started yeah that's how you survive out in boise cities on dq uh, yeah let's talk yeah, I'm, a, I'm really excited i wonder if that if that same guy's still working there oh at the dq yeah because it was two years later yeah that's the thing me and christian's first time there it was like what 20, 2017 or 18 18 20, 2018 yeah yeah it was 2018 and then we went back and hunted with them 20 December of 19 December of 19 it's almost two years later yeah and it was the same guy that took our orders both times and and we we we, we need to do a podcast with that guy but hey what you know what's up what's new you're the manager here yet what's been going on so let's talk a little bit about um about our equipment and being ill-prepared for the antelope hunt in 2018. Cause oh, okay. we, so okay. we actually did, we shot four does in 2019 on that hunt with rifles, with some, with some landowner tags, <laughs> with some <laughs> landowner tags that were reassigned to us. But in 2018, we were in the middle of college. Uh, I think it was junior year of college. And we were looking for like an out of, either an out of state hunt, or a well, we were planning on doing an elk hunt. That's what it to was, Colorado. Yeah. And of course, you're in college, and 
you donate plasma to get by. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, yeah, we finally met up. And we're like, we don't have enough money for this. And Where, how, how long did it take for us to like realize that? Oh, I think it was like we two were like weeks a month before. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like we weren't far out. Like, like I guess we were just both like, like too, too prideful. Timid to, to like be say, like, hey, you money. know, I don't have the money for this. And uh, yeah, so finally, I like, I didn't have the money, but I didn't want to have like I didn't have the balls to be like, hey, I'm not going. And then luckily, I think Christian was like, hey, I don't think this would be a good idea. And I was like, thank God. And so I think we both had like 800 bucks, like like saved up for that hunt. And if you're trying to do the Colorado over the tag, like over the counter tag for elk, uh, the tag's like 700 bucks just by itself. We just so, didn't know how we were going to do the travel. We had enough for the tag. We're mm-hmm. like, dude, we can't get there and back with gas yeah. and food and everything. We're like... That's the only issue. So what can we do for like 800 bucks is basically how we got to the antelope. You found it. So you might as well tell it. So I was looking, was it on Facebook? It It was was on on Facebook, Facebook, but I I don't, was it marketplace or was it a different, uh, was it like a hunting group forum? It was, it was a a group forum. Uh, I don't want to say his name. Jess. Jess. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So I've met this guy named Jess in this forum. And he basically what he had done is posted like three different video segments of antelope running. And like, they were just like videos of like hundreds of antelope running. And he would just like video with his phone. And I was, I messaged him. I was like, Hey, I want to come out for a hunt. How much is a hunt? And he was like seven fifty, and we had 800 bucks and we're like this. this and, it's, and it was in Oklahoma and it was like a five hour drive from Stillwater. Yeah. Yeah. If that. And, a half, and we were like, okay, let's do it. Like we were like, what are our odds? You know? And he's like, Oh, if you come out here and hunt for five days, like you're going to get an opportunity each of you. And we're like, okay, let's do it. So we drove out to the middle of nowhere. I remember me being like, yeah, yeah. I remember me being like, like super like, Oh, I'm not going to like hunting pronghorn as much as I do whitetail. Like, like it was our first spot in stock. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't see me having as much fun as like, like going down to South Oklahoma or, you know, for example, or something like that. And, uh, boy, did that change. Yeah. So we drove out, we, we drove out, um, and we start, we met Jess out there and little did we know we were going to be hunting like a 75,000 plus acre place. I mean, just to put it in perspective, he was the head ranch hand or head foreman at this ranch that was managed Mm -hmm. for a different family, but he had free reign to sell these antelope hunts and we're like, okay, let's go. So it was semi-guided. When we pull up into the place, he drops us like a GPS coordinate. The house that we were staying at was five miles off the road. Like five miles to get off to the, the highway. Just to get to the yeah. first house. And there was what? Pull off the road, cross the cattle guard, and then you're just... Five miles of, of driveway. Yeah. So we met Jess. We went out there. He had recommended. He had recommended we bring a spotting scope. He recommended we each brought a pair of binos. You they know. were gracious enough to let us use their four wheelers, but that is true. Yeah, I mean that was nice. I guess, I guess we could have just drove our trucks and stuff, but it, I mean it wouldn't have been as as efficient. I'd say I don't know, maybe. Yeah, so we can't. We were supposed to come in with like a spotting scope and uh, binos, range finders, all this stuff. But you know, like we're just trying to do a hunt. We don't have money to be spending on these extracurricular activities. Like yeah, exactly. My 
my dad, I had a pair of binos. Only reason I had a pair of binos is because my dad wanted to get them out of his gun safe. So he gave me an old pair of like 10 by 42s. The style of hunting we did do, you didn't really need a pair of binos. You didn't I never a owned a pair of binos scope. in my life. Yeah. You have a rifle scope. Why do you need a set of binos? Yeah. You know what I mean? So we, we were just like, oh, dude, we've got good eyesight. We'll be able to see him 100%. We'll be able to see him. So we get out there and we're like glassing and I'm not going to call it glass. It wasn't glassing. <laughs> we were looking <laughs> with the bare eye. We were looking. We were looking. We were trying to find a speck of white in the abyss of nothing. So we had, this is what our optics were. So we were hunting with bows, right? So we had mm-hmm. my binos. One of the eye cups was broken off my binos. These were like, so binos. you basically had like a monocle. If that's what it's called. Okay. A monocle. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it's called. I think that's uh, the eyepiece. Yeah, whatever. I had a monocle. Yeah. And what did you what did you bring to the equation, Jake? Oh, dude, you know, about a two thousand dollar, you know. Uh, Vortex. Yeah, yeah. Um spotting scope. Rangefinder. That's what I had. You had a rangefinder. <laughs> I had a rangefinder. And I was like, that's all I need. That's that. I just need to know how far they are. That's really what we thought, and we didn't realize that spotting the antelope was going to be the hard part. Like, once you get one spotted, you can see them forever, right? Even when they get up and move, you can readjust on them, you can use the maps. Like, it's not that hard to engage with them once you can see them, but we just couldn't find them. Like, we were driving around in the fog, and like, Jess, we can't find them. Remember when we asked Jess to help us? He pulls up next to us. And well, he's the like, thing is, is it was foggy all damn day. Like, it's been in the 90s for the last three days. And he was like, they're going to go to water. They're going to go to water. And it's just like, okay, we show up the next morning, foggy. Fog, you can't even see 10, 10 yards. And all of a sudden, it's like mid-morning, maybe maybe noon. And we meet up with Jess. And he's like, well, you got any luck? And No, no, we can't see 10 foot. And all of a sudden, he's like, well, I've seen some earlier today. Come on, I'll show you. And of course, as soon as he steps foot outside, it's God like God, yeah, yeah, God raises, you know, and not even 10 minutes into him helping us. He's like, well, there's one right there. And she's like, yeah, thank you. And this was your spot. So we go up there. Oh, and that's another big lesson. They move faster than you think. So fast. They move so fast. Just walking. But I don't know if we're getting a little off topic here or not on the, uh, on our, our goals for 2022 but well it that's the backstory of the hunt mm-hmm. we, were, we were ill prepared i remember jess pulled up he's like what y'all got for binos or like spotting scope because you could do it with a high power set of binos and i was like i got these and then i don't even think you showed him that you were looking at them through your range finder or whatever oh, no no dude well because I, the thing <laughs> is is i have a prescription for glasses now i didn't even have glasses back then so and here i'm uh I'm what is that nearsighted? So you can't see out far. So basically, we had Christian. That was it. And we managed to spot some by the grace of God. Yes. Later on in the yeah. trip. But anyways, that is our that is our intro to antelope hunting. What we did yes. in 2018, and we still almost got it done, being a bunch of goons with no 75 equipment. yards. That's going to be that's, that's like well within half, the range, half the distance that I'm willing to take. <laughs> no but uh yeah so that's that's gonna be in october 
and then, first week uh, of October. Yeah, yeah, first week of October, and then are there rumors about the uh, Southwest lease or no? Yeah, I haven't got an update of that from Jake, but okay. we're we're currently trying to work on that same lease that I had this year that I shot my funky buck off of that really old ancient buck. We're trying to add another 200 acres to that lease across the river and use that as a, another group lease that we would have. So another piece of private in Oklahoma. So if we had that, that would be our, exactly. That would be our October spot. If the weather was permitting, that would be the spot. You can kill a deer in there in October. There's no pressure. If the weather was right, you could get it done in October in there. I'm very Mm -hmm. confident of that. So instead of grinding it out on public, that would be our, our uh, our plan would be to hunt in there if we hunt at all, you know. And especially if you if someone already has one in their pocket before the November trip and uh, and southeast, that yeah. would be that would be ideal. So, just to recap, we got uh, hopefully maybe early season Kansas. Then we got first week of October. We're gonna go do pronghorn in the Panhandle of Oklahoma. During the whole month of October, we're going to try the Southwest Oklahoma lease or just local places, um, whatever's close to home, and, unless we get a really good cold front. Um, I don't and know. Then, I got some pretty good up-and-comers back home. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys can see that in the video. Uh, Jake's yeah, shooting that buck over the decoy. He's got some good up-and-comers. But and then first week in November is annual trip mm-hmm. to Seahawk, Southeast Oklahoma. I am already ready for that, dude. That's gonna be fun. We really need to do the uh, the the tent walk around video. I know right. we tried to do it before, but that one, I think that one w- would go really well. Yeah, do the, we'll do the wall tent, and we'll spend our week on public in Southeast Oklahoma, like we usually do, and bow hunt out there with the crew. And I don't know if we'll end up taking. We have to, we usually have to take a week off of that, depending on employment situations i think it'll depend on if people are able to take more than a week off or whatever but my plan from there is to be able to invest some time in hunting kansas if i'm not tagged out in kansas so pretty much great time to be in kansas yeah so i mean i don't know what your plans are i guess it'll depend on work and stuff but Mm -hmm. at least those weekends in november those mid-november weekends i'd like to be in kansas Oh yeah, I'm, well, which it's a lot shorter drive for me than it is for you. Yeah, you could pop up and do a hunt in a weekend, oh, yeah, really easily. easily. But not as not as big of a enticement for me because of a longer drive. But that's our plan uh, for through November. And then what? Do we, we talked about December at all? Hopefully, uh, December. Then. December. If we're not done by then, y'all need to find another channel or in podcast to listen to. If everybody hasn't shot one buck by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're getting the wrong information if, if someone's not tagged out by then. Yeah, but that's our plan. We got Kansas, we got Pronghorn, and we each got two bucks in Oklahoma. So that's plenty that's to keep busy. us busy. Plenty to keep did, us did, busy. Did uh did your old lady approve or I haven't got the stamp, but this is the plan. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. We move forward. <laughs> this is my ideal uh, plan. That's what you want to do. You That's what I'd like to do. Well, yeah. I've already started to barter with Lauren about the October thing. It's like, I won't go in October unless the weather's completely right. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay. She's like, I don't care if you leave every other weekend. It's just when you're gone four weekends in a row. And I'm like, yeah, that, that could be. An yeah, issue. yeah, absolutely. It makes those late season trips not as fun. Like when I was in Nebraska hunting, I was like, dude, I've been gone seven of the last eight weekends. And now I'm in Nebraska. 
this sucks. I want to go home. Yeah. Yeah, no. I was really jealous that you were going to Nebraska, and I was like, damn, I need to be there. But then the trip didn't pan out how I thought it was going to pan out, and then I was like, ha-ha, sucker. <laughs> no, yeah. So we still got a couple haunts coming out from this year. We'll have my brother shooting his buck. We'll have Jake Ayers, pretty good hunt down in Swalk, and then my dad missing a buck at Bloomer Outfitters. Mm. So we still got a few videos coming out on the channel, but as far as already planned in 2022, that's kind of what we got on the agenda. Anything else you would add? Well, that's all we had for 2022 plans, and uh, it's going to be a good season. It's going to be a, a big tax memory, though. God bless. I hope so. <laughs> as long as I can just get that prong. If we get two pronghorn down, I'll call it a good year. I don't like Kansas is on the back burner. Speak for yourself. You know, I just want that pronghorn. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Hey guys, appreciate the listen to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. 